Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast. Weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. Wonderful. Got your Bibles? Luke chapter 2, please. Luke chapter 2. I want to speak in and around the birth of Christ, being the season of Christmas. Christmas is next week. As we, as you know, we have services next week. Christmas uh, 23rd is Christmas Outreach Sunday. And then, this, and then on Christmas Day, 9.30 to, to 10.30. So it's a one-hour service, but it's designed to invite your friends and family. Okay, So do your best to invite them. It's going to be a powerful, powerful um, uh, message for, the, for salvation. Luke chapter 2. Um, I want to talk about two characters or two people in the Bible. One is called Simeon. His name is Simeon. And the other person is Anna, a man and a woman. And they both were used by God through prayer and intercession to birth in Jesus, into this world. Into this world. I believe God used them to intercede so that Jesus could come. Now, I don't think they were the only ones. I believe God was using a remnant. I'm sure they had other men and women in, in Jerusalem, in Israel. They were all praying, all interceding, believing God. But God does have His intercessors to pray in His will. God sp- spoke it hundreds of years ago. I mean, even 800 years ago, Isaiah prophesied the Messiah. There's thousands of scriptures in the Old Testament about the Messiah coming. So it was prophesied, prophesied. The prophet spoke. It landed in people's hearts. They believed the Messiah is coming. The Savior is coming. The, the, the one that's going to redeem Israel. They didn't fully understand what type of redemption, because a lot of them thought they're going to get set free from the Roman Empire. That when the king came, it would be like King David. When the Messiah comes, he's going to be like King David. He's going to set us free from the rule of the Roman Empire. And that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty high thinking. That's pretty like, wow, set us free from the slavery. Surely, God, it's surely what you're going to do. And it, it's a good interpretation because God does want to set them free from that. But you know what? God had something greater in mind than the physical rule of Roman Empire and slavery to their physical rulership. He was thinking about the satanic rulership of the whole world. And he says, I'm going to set you free from sin and death. I'm going to redeem you from that completely. Because I'm sending Jesus to die on the cross on your, on, for, your, for your place and for your sins. And that's pretty amazing. God's thinking up here. We're thinking down here. We're interpreting it through our, our lenses. Simeon and Anna see it through God's eyes. Why? Because they're praying people. They are prayers. They are interceders. Now, I haven't got the time to go through every... Maybe we can, but we go through the chapter. But in the context, what hap- what's happening is Jesus was born... They did the eight-day circumcision thing. That already happened. Now they're, they're waiting for the purification of Mary. There's a season for that. I don't know the days of that. But had to come where they had to offer. Because uh, Jesus was the firstborn that opened up the womb. The Bible says he's holy unto the Lord. They've got to go offer turtle doves. Two turtle doves or um, two pigeons. I think the turtle doves are more expensive. If you're a poor family, you get the two pigeons and you offer it for your son that was born. They do it in the temple. So this is a particular time. They came possibly from Bethlehem, probably about two or three hour walk. If they came from Nazareth, it's a three days walk. Three days. They walk 50, 50 kilometers a day, rest, and then 50 kilometers, about 150 kilometers. And so imagine, I don't know if they were from Nazareth, but more likely Bethlehem. Let's say they came from Bethlehem, and they, they arrived in Jerusalem at a particular time. And the reason why it's important is because when you pick it up in verse 25, it talks about Simeon first. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. 
And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, the comfort of Israel, the salvation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So the Holy Spirit showed him, you're not going to die until you see the Lord's anointed, the Savior of the world. He had this revelation from God. He's not going to die until he sees Jesus. So he's waiting. The Bible says he's waiting for the consolation. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, and he started prophesying. So basically, I love this one, verse 27. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. Why, why, why was he led by the Spirit? Because he's a man of prayer. He was a prayer. He was an intercessor. A couple of things we can learn from these guys. First, we're going to look at Simeon. That it says that he was just and devout. So we're going to be led by God this way and help birth. I mean, the whole theme of this message is, how do we help birth Jesus into our generation? Because they help birth Jesus into the earth. How do we release Jesus everywhere we go? Okay, um, and, and, and the way we do it, we've got to be first just and devout to God. To me, that's a strong relationship with God. The word just is holy and innocent, godly character, righteous. Devout means devoted to God, a strong relationship with God. Ephesians 6 says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And put on the whole armor of God. So to be strong in the Lord, you have the whole armor. The armor is the presence of God. The whole armor, armor of right, the, the breastplate of righteousness. You know, the, the helmet of salvation, the, the, the belt of truth, the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith that quenches every fiery dart of the wicked one and the sword of the spirit. That's our, that's our attacking weapon. Which is the word of God. And it says praying always with all prayers. So how do you use the sword? By prayer. How do you use the sword? By intercession. How do you use the sword? By speaking forth God's will. Speaking the word of God. That's our attacking weapon. I mean, it's powerful. But the presence of God, to walk in the presence. I know Jesus paid the price completely for us to walk in the presence. Now you now have to walk in the presence by holiness. You have to make a decision to say, God, I want to please you more than my flesh. You, I'll show you how powerful you are and how powerful I am. You have the power to choose sin. And if you choose sin and, and walk in the flesh, you, not God, you are yielding to the sin and therefore are producing death in your life. So, it's, so what Jesus did on the cross is, mean, oh, I couldn't be forgiven and I can do whatever I want. No, it didn't give you a license now to follow flesh. Because if you want to walk and be strong, you've got to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. And then we do that is by, by obeying our conscience. Our conscience is given to us to keep it clear, to keep it pure. Remember he says pure? He was, he was just and devoted to God. This is foundational, guys. This is, this is normal Christianity. This is not high living. This is normal. This is why Jesus died, so we can live free from sin. He gave us this freedom. That's if, that's if living free from sin is uh, it's a hard life. No, that's the easy life. To live free from the bondages of sin and condemnation and shame, that's the easy life. The hard life is living under sin and in the bondage and the slavery to those addictions. That's the hard life. True? Yeah. We're called to be holy before God and we only can do it by His love and by His grace, by relationship with Him. I could talk a lot about that, but I, I, I'm just trying to give us little points on the life of Simeon and Anna. But uh, Luke 2 verse 25, it also says that the Holy Spirit was upon him. So we need the Holy Spirit to be on us in these last days. The Holy Spirit himself. The church was birthed 
by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. 120 disciples, they waited there for 10 days. They prayed. They were seeking God. They were waiting on God. They were worshiping God. And on the day of Pentecost, 50 days after the death of Jesus, the Holy Spirit was given. I believe God in His timetable was always going to give it on the 50th day because that was the, the feast of the first fruits. And He chose that's when the Holy Spirit's going to be released. Jesus paid the price. There's nothing else you can do to earn it and just be ready. He says, wait, wait. Wait until you be endured with power from on high. They got the promise from Jesus. They knew what they were going to... Well, they didn't know what it was, but they knew how to receive the Holy Spirit. They didn't know how, uh, what, what the experience was going to be like. They didn't know what the encounter was going to be like, but they're waiting and they, they got filled with the Holy Spirit. And then the whole book of Acts is really following the early church, encountering God. There were times where they would get behind before God and get praying and they got refilled with the Holy Spirit. The building even started shaking because the Holy Spirit would come. Other times, Paul in Ephesus, he found 12 disciples. He says, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? He could have said anything else. But to him, the most important thing is, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Well, we haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit, they said to him. He says, well, what were you baptized? I baptized under John the baptizer. Ah, so you need to accept Jesus. He started preaching Jesus, got got him re-baptized in water, and then spoke to him about the Holy Spirit, and got filled with the Holy Spirit. So for him, it was so important that they encountered the Holy Spirit. And so for us, we need to stay full of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we leak. You know, every day, you've got to stay full. It's a daily thing, okay? Daily thing, get before God. Daily thing. The word Simeon, I looked up the word Simeon, and the word Simeon literally means, this is how it translates in the Hebrew, that hears or obeys, that is heard. So the word Simeon means that you hear and obey what is heard. I, I, I like the word hear, but in the Hebrew, it's not just hear. It's hear and obeys. Because if you really hear, you've, obe- you've got to obey. It's like if we hear God and don't obey, we haven't heard Him. That's how we've got to interpret hearing. Does that make sense? So I hear God, and sometimes I don't obey. Being honest. I hear something in my heart, and I haven't obeyed. I'm, I'm hearing now God wants us to, to spread Jesus everywhere we go, to let people know of the life that's in us. You know, we've got to do that. But you've got to go against your fears. Fear of man, fear of failure, what people think of you, what they're going to say about you. You've got to live beyond yourself to love this generation. Amen? The fear is not from God. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. We hear what hear and obey what we heard Uh, when I was in India I was flying many little flights domestic flights and I sat down and I've learned to when you sit down say hello to them straight away because it's a bit awkward after 30 minutes of sitting down say oh hi how are you you know like say just say hi how are you and I sat down next to a lady uh, in India they're all they're all dark and she was white she was fair so she's from England actually and I said oh hi Uh, I said are you what are you doing here you working or holiday she says oh I'm on she's like a mission I said, oh, really, what do you do? She said, I feed children. And it was, it was for this guru thing. So she, she fell in love with a guru man from England, came to, and you dedicated her life to, she fell in love with India, and dedicated her life to feed the poor and all this stuff. I was like, okay, wow. She said, what do you do? I said, I'm a pastor, and I'm teaching people, pastors and teachers and, and all that. When I said I'm a pastor and I'm, what I'm doing for God, I felt her a little bit closed up and stopped the conversation, and the conversation went to a halt. I could tell that she didn't want to continue to talk. And then I'm, but I'm feeling in my heart, Somehow she's been hurt. I don't know what type of hurt. I thought it was the church hurting her. Maybe she had a bad experience growing up and she closed herself up to the church. 
And in my heart, I kept thinking, feeling this. I felt to literally say, look, I could be wrong, but if you've been hurt by the church, I want to just actually ask her, I'm hearing God, but I didn't obey. Right? The good news is she asked me. She just, out of the blue, after 20 minutes of silence, it was really quiet, and I keep praying for her. I said, God, I know you're on this case. I know you love her. I know you want to talk to her. I'm just really praying in my spirit a lot. And then she goes, what do you teach? She just goes, what do you teach? And I said, oh, that's a good question. So I give my time, myself time to answer. And I said, uh, well, it depends what you mean. What I teach here or what I teach at home? Because I'm thinking what I teach here is not going to be helpful for her. So I'm teaching pastors about model of the church and how we should do life and how we do church. And I said, well, in, back in Sydney, I teach on how to overcome depression, how to deal with stress, how to have a healthy relationship with God. And I was, just, I, knew, I was hitting the things that I knew she would need. And then she says, what happens if you've been really, really hurt by people and betrayed, deeply betrayed? What do you do? How do you forgive? I said, like, how do I forgive? Well, I forgive. I started talking about Jesus. Jesus died on the cross for me. I owed him a $20 million debt. I could never pay him. She says, what? A $20 million debt? I said, yeah, spiritually speaking, figuratively, I couldn't pay the debt I owed God, and God forgave me for free. So now I've got a lot of love, forgiveness to give people when they hurt me. She says, oh, okay. I said, you know, it's so important for you because it eats you up. And then she starts to cry. She's breaking down, crying because of the hurt and the pain that she was going through. And, and, uh, and I obviously shared the love of God and shared Jesus and everything like that. But what I'm saying, what, the whole point is sometimes you hear inside and you don't obey. God is saying to the church, listen to what you hear. Listen and obey. Don't just hear it. Obey. It's the acting that releases the power of God. Amen. Uh, a good recommendation, if I can say this, I want to encourage you because I want to influence you is Watch Holy and Pure by Todd White. It's a new documentary movie on his life, just following him in Amsterdam, the worst places in Amsterdam where all that you know, free dope and all that. The worst places is some of the Oktoberfest in Germany where they get drunk, festivals, and he's preaching the gospel in the darkest of places. Red light dis- districts, just sharing the gospel, sharing the love of Jesus, praying for people, getting words of knowledge. I want you to watch it, but see it with these eyes. That's normal. If you're connected to God and walking holy and pure, that's normal. Now, now you're not going to flow like Todd. Everyone's going to flow different. You're going to flow the way you flow, but you're going to love people. The thing is, you're going to love people and share Jesus. Okay? Do it your own way. When I think about me doing that, I'm going to do it my way. I'm not going to try to be like anybody else, but I'm going to do it. Same with you. All right? So anyway, get it online. It's free. It's a movie that you can just Google that. Pure and holy. Todd White. You'll find it and watch it. It's an hour and 44 minutes of your best time that you give to God. Believe me. It'll stir you up. There's a lot of preaching in it for us to live holy. It's beautiful. It's fantastic. It's a message that the church needs today, I'm telling you now. Wonderful. What are we up to? When I think about hearing God, I think about we have to commit ourselves to the already revealed Word of God so that we can hear the voice of God. There's already there's a lot here you can commit to. There's so much that it's so clearly revealed in the New Testament that you need to commit yourself as God speaking to your life. When you do this, you're going to hear the Rima voice of God. That's the spoken voice of God. If we don't obey God and we just sort of stop listening to Him and stop obeying Him, He's not going to give you any more. If you think, I don't hear God much, it's maybe because you're not doing what He's told you to do. Go do what He's told you to do last and you start to hear His voice. Why would the Father speak to His children if you're not doing what He's already told you to do? So that's where you take what's here. The Bible says, forgive those that hurt you, then forgive them. 
The Bible says love one another, then love one another. The Bible says be generous and give, then be generous and give. If all these things, if the Bible says cast all your cares upon God because he cares for you, then I'm going to do it. Oh, that's hard. No, it's not. If God tells me I, I can do it, it means I can do it. God says I should cast my cares upon him. That means he's not going to ask me to do something I cannot do. I'm not going to go, I can't, it's so hard. Because 95% of the world can't. Well, I can't because God says I can. It's a simple childlike faith. Now, I've always believed that as a believer. I don't have problems with worry. You ask my wife. Now, does it mean I don't fight? I do fight. Does it mean I don't internally struggle? I internally, internally struggle, but I, I throw that to God. I release my faith and say, God, you're my father. You're my dad. You're my provider. You take care of my need. Amen? I'm just trying to say we've got to be committed to what's already there. As you get committed to this, I'm telling you, you're going to hear it so clearly. Amen? What, what, another thing that Simeon did is he waited. The word wait is a powerful word. Waiting. That word waiting means this. To wait with endurance or confidence and patience. It's like waiting with perseverance, with confidence, endurance. I, I'm still going towards the same direction, but I'm waiting for the promise. I'm waiting what God has spoken. The, the words that have been prophesied over you individually, the words that have been prophesied over us as a church, there's so many prophetic words. We, just, we don't just wait and do nothing, but we're waiting, actively obeying, and, but we're waiting for God's promise. Amen? Amen. Nothing in the Bible. When you think about the Bible, and you, you know, we think things happen overnight. We think overnight success. No such thing as overnight success, really. Even in the, even in the natural, when you see something happen in a, a great man of God, all of a sudden, I never heard about him, but he's probably been going for 30 years. You know, uh, when the Lord hits revival in our church and we explode and, and we see so much revival and he touching people, we go, where'd that church come from? We're only going for 28 years. Like, Kristen and I have been pioneering, and many of the leaders here are fighting and pioneering to see God's kingdom come. 28 years, you might say, that sounds a long time. In my mind, I'm fresher today than I've ever been in my life. So in my mind, it's not a long time. It really isn't. I don't think it's a long time. It's just obedience. It's like, I really don't believe it's a long time. And there's a scripture in the Psalms that the, the light of the righteous shine brighter every day. It, just, it shouldn't dry, go dimmer. It should get brighter. So I don't know about burnout. We should never, uh, personally, I think, if we're burning out, it's probably we're, the oil's not burning the wick. The wick's burning. You know what happens when the lamp, if you don't have oil in the lamp, then the wick burns and not the oil. If the oil catches fire, then the oil burns and not the wick. So if the Holy Spirit's not on you strongly, you're burning out. 100%. And I know, I know that. I know the keys to burn out. I can tell you exactly how to do it. Right? <laughs> Just give out more than you put back in. That's one of the keys. If you want to know how to burn out, <laughs> it's warning you. Don't do that. Don't give out more than you put back in. Other ways, live a lifestyle that is a, a, a habitually addicted to sin and try to obey God, you're going to burn out because it's going to kill you. Wages of sin is death. It doesn't release the presence of God. Waiting. I think of uh, many men of God in the Bible from Abraham who got the promise at 75 that you have a child and it happened at 100 years old. 25 years to wait for a promise, Isaac. That's a long time. Just think of it for a second. 25 some of you guys have waited for 25 weeks. You think it's long. It's about to say minutes. But, you know, we're in a fast generation. We want it now. Throw it in the microwave. Where's, where's my meal? You know? I, I, was, I was having a coffee at McDonald's yesterday. And uh, they, got the sheet, they got the TV there. And 
and you've got a timer on the, on the cars. They pick up their food, and it's one minute, 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 40 seconds, one minute, two. Hardly any of them went to two minutes. Very few. They're timing themselves. Why? They're making sure the food gets out to them. Two minutes, two minutes, two minutes, one minute, one minute. I think, wow, what a generation. And we went two minutes. What's, what's wrong with them? Wait, it's two and a half minutes with this food. That's how we're getting. We're getting like that because everything's fast. It comes to God, 25 years. Moses gets called of God and he waits 40 years in the wilderness before he, he, lists, before he does it. That's a long time. God speaks to Noah and he says, I'm going to send the flood. And the flood doesn't come for 120 years. Now, we don't know if he built for 120 years. It doesn't really clearly say that. But we know he built the ark for a long time. He had a long time to build. That's a long time. 120 years before God's promise was fulfilled. And the flood, and the flood came. What's long for us is not long for God. It really isn't, you know. Um, Joseph was... He anointed by God, got dreams when he was about 17, dreams about his destiny, but those dreams didn't fulfill until he was about 37. It's a long time, 20 years. And you know he went to the pit. You know he thrown and rejected by his brothers, then sold and then sold as a slave, and then thrown into the prison and all the stuff that he went through, but he finally that word came through. Yeah. He was about 37 before his brothers all bowed down to him. Second ruler over Egypt. David was, was prophesied to be the king. Probably, probably 19 years old, 18 years old, and Samuel anoints him as the next king. But he doesn't become king until he's 30. And he's running like a, 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 what do you call it? a fugitive from King Saul and his army for over five, eight years. Who knows? A long period of time he's running from King Saul. And then he gets the word of the Lord fulfilled. Waiting. What are you believing for? What are you trusting for? Now, I know I'm talking about Simeon, but Anna, just going to have a look at Anna for a second. Anna was least interceding and praying for 84 years to see Jesus come. 84. I mean, come on. That's her lifetime. It's her whole lifetime to see one promise. And God used them to birth Jesus into the, into the earth. I love the fact that they were led by the Spirit right at the right time. Verse 27. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in, it was right at the right time, the parents brought in Jesus, he must have just had felt, I don't know why I've got to go to the temple. Sometimes we just get led by God supernaturally, naturally, and very naturally supernatural. You don't even know that it's God gave you a thought to go somewhere, and you just go. And then God opens up the situation. He sees Jesus. He, he sees Jesus as a baby. Right? Remember what Jesus said to him? You're not going to die. You're not going to see death until the, you see the Lord's Christ, the Lord's anointed one. Right? And then look what he says when he sees him. He took him, he took Jesus in his arms as a baby and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. Because God spoke to him. You're not going to die until you see Jesus, uh, the Messiah. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Now, what happens to a praying person, an intercessory person? You start to prophetically see what God is doing. That's a seed form of what God's going to do. That's a baby. That's Jesus as a baby. He still has to live a holy life. He still has to be obedient all the days of his life. And he still has to die on the cross and become sin. It has not happened yet. He's just a baby. He's a seed form of salvation. But he could see it. He called him salvation. Imagine that. To be able to see in a seed form of what God is doing, because we're prayers and intercessors. But when you pray and intercede, you're birthing something in the spirit. 
And you, God gives you the privilege to see before it actually happens. You should be able to see the seed form. That's why God is speaking, prophesying, speaking it out. God is awakening the church. Don't get left behind. Don't get, oh, you know, what's happening to the church? Why are they so passionate? Get passionate. <laughs> like, why are, they falling, why, are they, why are they in love with Jesus? Get in love with Jesus. Don't miss out. I want to be that generation. I don't want to miss out. I want to be that generation to see, to see Jesus as a baby and know that he's the salvation of the world. You know, the disciples, the apostles that walked with Jesus, when he died on the cross, they lost all hope. They're scared. They're crying. They're weeping. They thought he's going to set them free. And now they're in their room hiding from the authorities. They didn't understand the impact of what he's doing on the cross. Yet Simeon and Anna could actually say, that's the salvation and that's the redemption of Jerusalem. So as a baby, it's amazing. <sighs> Look what it says in verse uh, 36. Now there was one, wo one woman, or one Anna, a prophetess. Not many New Testament ladies called prophetesses. And she was a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age. Why does the Bible tell us she was of great age? He wants us to know she's very, very, very old. Right? She was of great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. So when she got married, she lived with her husband for seven years and then he died. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years. So I worked out if she got married at 14, which is very, very young, but in those days they would get married quite young. If she was 14, seven years married, 21, makes her 105 years old. If she's married at 14, we don't know. It says, and this woman was a widow about 84 years who did not depart from the temple. Didn't depart from the temple. She stayed there, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, oh, she was led by the Spirit as well. How did she know that was the right time to come in where Jesus was right there being sacrificing the turtle dove? Right there, right that moment, she happens to be, woo, right at the right time. Something about being led by the Holy Spirit, being in the right place, right time, saying the right words to the right people. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke to, of him to all those who looked for redemption in Israel. If you're looking for redemption, you're looking at it as a baby. That's, that's phenomenal to be able to pick up what God is doing. And he's just a baby. They sensed it. Why? They birthed him in. You know, I know John Wesley said this. He was quoted to say that God, listen to these powerful words, God. I don't know if you believe this. I believe this. But God does nothing in the earth except through believing prayer. Not just prayer, but believing prayer. God does nothing on the earth except through believing prayer. Why? Because God gave us the authority of, to rule and reign. He says, I gave you free will. I give you the authority to rule, to take dominion. So the authority is in our hands. We need to invite him in because God won't push his way in. That's why, that's why prophecies. That's why prophets prophesied. Even in the book of Revelations, you'll see... That the angels were pouring, the Bible says the angels grabbed a bowl of the prayers of the incense of all the, all the saints. These are the prayers of the saints. It's you and I, when we pray, bowls are being filled in, filled in heaven. The angel picked up the bowl, I don't know how big it is, let's say it's massive. But it picked up this massive bowl, went to the altar of God and pours it out into the altar, the prayers of the saints before God. He smells it. And you know what the next phrase says? Then the judgment and the wrath of God came to the earth. That tells me that even judgment, even the wrath of God, which is the judgment of God to this earth, is not released except through the prayers of the saints first. Releasing the justice, the righteousness of God first. 
Because our prayer is powerful. So powerful. That's why I believe God raised Simeon and raised Anna. And they interceded and prayed until Jesus was able to be born. I know there was great prophecies. I know the men of God prophesied for years. But God still used people to pray him in. I don't know how it all works, but I believe it. You know, when the people are praying into seating, it's like, okay, yep, now the angels can go, go send Mary. Yep, tell Mary the baby's going to be, you know, the Holy Spirit's going to make her pregnant. And Okay, yep, now the baby's going to be born. Angels come and they, they worship and they sing to the shepherds. And, I mean, all that was prayed in, birthed in. God is saying to us as a church, we're going to go into a 21-day fast in January. And, and I encourage us, let's get before God. Let's start our year. We're saying, God, I, I, I make myself before you. I dedicate myself afresh. 21-day fast of, could be a Daniel fast, which is fruit and veggies. When you're done water fast, fruit and veggies is pretty good. It is. It's pretty easy. Just fruit and veggies. You might think, oh, it's easy. Yeah, but no bread. No pasta. Oh, no. <laughs> no sugar. <laughs> Tina, you can do it. You can do it. I have faith in you. <laughs> no sugar. All that sort of stuff. Just, just veggies and, 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 and fruit. No coffee. Oh, it's a bean. So I have coffee. It's all right. <laughs> but um, it's, it's uh, fruit and veggies. You'll feel fasted. That's my point. You will feel fasted. And you will feel that your flesh is a bit weaker. And you'll, you, if you pray spend time with God, you'll get closer to God. Fasting doesn't move God. Fasting changes us. Fasting doesn't change God at all. He always wants to bring revival. It just changes us to believe what he wants to do already. All right. But we want to encourage us to pray and pick up. I mean, I love, I love the fact, Anna. You know, it says, the Bible says, Anna. The word Anna means grace and it equally means to give. So she was graced by God, but, she, but to give. Something about us, we've got to be graced by God, but also got to be giving. We give of ourselves. We give of life. We give of the words of life and the good news, the gospel, praying for the sick and so on. Uh, and it says, she was the daughter of Phanuel. The word for New York, I don't know how you pronounce it in the Hebrew. You look up the Hebrew. That means her father's name meant face of God. Isn't that beautiful? She's the daughter of a father called face of God. Because she lived before the face of God. Day and night in the temple, praying and fasting. And she's of the tribe of Asher. The Bible doesn't tell us these things for no reason. He wants us to know this. The tribe of Asher is the tribe of happiness. I thought that was nice. You're praying in to see you'll be happy. There'll be a spirit of happiness on you. Because God, I remember in the 80s, everyone that prayed and interceded, they were miserable. They really were. They got depressed because of the weight of the world, the lost world, the world's lost. You feel it when you intercede, man. You, the whole point of interceding is you, you intercept what they're going through. And in love, you lay down your life. You're praying. You're praying for them. You're praying for their lost souls. And you can feel their lostness sometimes. You can feel their emptiness. You can feel it. And as you're praying, interceding before God, say, God, so you're intercepting what they're going through. So that God can set them free. And uh, sometimes we carry that on and get depressed because the needs are so bad. But only Jesus is the Savior of the world. We can pray it through and be in joy. Amen? Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. She was of great age. and She lived with her husband seven years. And it says, And this woman was a widow. Verse 38. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Israel. Baby, she could see as a seed. He's not a man yet. He hasn't, died, he hasn't lived holy yet for all his life. And he hasn't died on the cross. He hasn't done it. 
but it's the seed form of what God's going to do. And God wants to raise up Simeons, men and women, and Annas. My cry to us is, where are the Annas? And where are the Simeons? Where are the Simons that are willing to hear and obey, pray and intercede until the Messiah is in the generation? Where are the Annas that are going to intercede until Christ is formed in us and Christ is released to the world? Can I pray for us? Maybe if you just feel called of God to pray and intercede, maybe can you stand up? Maybe just in obedience, you feel stirred in your heart that God has called a, a, a prayer and intercessory anointing or gifting on you. You've been stirred just hearing because it's God's word. And, and you know God wants to use you to birth, birth Jesus, which to me is revival. Birthing Christ to a lost world. Lord, Father, we, we just pray for every one of us standing, every one of us that are here. We're all, all called to a certain degree to pray and intercede. But some of us are called, Lord, by you specifically of a special anointing to do this, to birth Jesus to this generation. Father, not just lock ourselves in the closet, but also going out to the world and loving them. And Father, we thank you for that right now. We release the Simeons and the Annas. We release your glory. Lord, they'll never be like anybody else. They'll be exactly like you've called them to be. And Lord, we thank you as you place on them the spirit of intercession. And as they pray with authority, and that you'll prophetically show them of things to come. Show them of the revival to come. Show them the seed of salvation. Show them the seed of what God is doing in this earth and in our city, in our beautiful community, in our new uh, community of five dock and our new building and our new season father birth what you want to do birth it through us let us see with your eyes father we give ourselves to you we make ourselves available just in your own heart just tell him that i'll make myself available i'll come before your face i'll, I'll set apart time I'll, I'll dedicate time just to be in your presence and i'll listen and i'll obey what I hear. We thank you for this, Father. We thank you for what you're going to do. We bless you, God. We worship you. In Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com or email us ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.